Alright guys, short episode today. In this one, I'm talking about my binge eating history, something that I mentioned in a couple of past episodes, and I've always tried to be relatively honest about this, and this is perhaps the first time where I'm going into more details about how I actually got into some issues related to binges and how I eventually managed to get out of this. So hopefully you will find this useful. Short announcement for the beginning of this podcast. Now you can find all of our courses at sustainablecelldevelopment.com under the tab courses. So you can find Berge Fagerli's masterpiece, the SSD nutrition training and lifestyle course, everything about how you can build the best body you want in the most sustainable and fun way. And you can also find my new autoregulatory eating course, which teaches you everything about how you can build the best body you can have without macro tracking. So Hopefully, if you ever wondered about where you can find these resources, it will be easier for you now. So sustainablecelldevelopment.com at the courses tab. That's all the announcements I wanted to make for the beginning of this. And with that, let's get into today's episode. Another video, and this is going to be another story time where I'm sharing some personal story from my own journey, where I think it can be beneficial or helpful in some way to some of you. And in this particular episode, I am going to be talking about binge eating. So... Binges are something that is not super comfortable to talk about for obvious reasons because anytime some of us are sharing some of our past challenges and things that we have to overcome, there is typically some positive and some negative that comes with these stories. Like for example, when a fitness enthusiast talks about his unwillingness to eat anything else but chicken and broccoli and how difficult it was to manage social events and busting out the Tupperware in the middle of a movie theater. There are a lot of negatives about these stories, of course, but there is also some minor piece of pride that comes with these stories because, yeah, busting out the Tupperware in a movie theater, it's a bit awkward and weird, of course, and it's slightly embarrassing to talk about it, but at the same time, it signifies some self-discipline and self-control and the dedication towards a certain goal. But when it comes to something like binge eating, it shows a lack of control and fragility when someone is stuffing down food in a compulsive manner. There is nothing to be proud about this. So it's not super easy to talk about this. And I would also add, it's also not easy to go through something like this. I mean, honestly, whenever I hear that someone is struggling with binge eating, I can really feel for that person, especially if he's a fitness enthusiast. I mean, in my case, I was struggling with this while I was already in the fitness industry, if you want to call it that. I mean, I already did my first couple of of podcast episodes. I even talked about binge eating with some people. And still, I was struggling with that in my own personal life. And of course, it was super, super difficult to go through that because I felt like a fraud, like a hypocrite, and like I'm not practicing what I'm preaching. And for that reason, it's not easy to talk about this. But I think by sharing my story, it can be really helpful to some of you who might be struggling with this because I did manage to get through this dark tunnel and get out to the light. And now I can look back at this experience as something from my past that I managed to overcome. And if you're struggling with this yourself, you can see that you can do it too, because I was in a pretty dark and shitty place at one point. So binge eating, there are many kinds to talk about. There are pre-planned cheat meals, which we euphemistically call refeeds, but really often they are just all out binges, which often are parts of nutrition plans where you eat quote unquote clean for six days of the week. And then one day of the week, you have an all out blowout. There are just things for fun that you would do, like going to an all-you-can-eat restaurant with a couple of buddies and then be a bit stupid for a couple of hours and put down a shit ton of food. And then there are also unplanned binges that happen in an unexpected way where you wake up in the morning thinking that this is just going to be another regular day where you go about your routine and eat your regular healthy foods. 
and then something happens over the course of the day that kind of tips your mindset over and that results in you binging till late at night and then you're super frustrated with yourself. So there are various kinds of binges that we could talk about, but I have done all of them. But really, I would say that this latter one that I just mentioned, these unplanned compulsive binges are the worst. They are just terrible for you in every possible way. They are obviously bad for your body, but even worse are the mental ramifications of this because it really makes you feel super guilty, you worsen your relationship with food, and really worst of all, you begin to not trust yourself and you harm your self-belief that you have when it comes to your own actions. And your word and your promise to yourself becomes meaningless. And that is just a very, very dangerous path to go down. And really, it's just a shitty spot to be in. So really, in this video, I want to dedicate the discussion to this particular type of binge eating because that is arguably the most destructive one and probably the most difficult to get out of. Because really, when you just get into the habit of going to a restaurant every once in a while with your friends and then really just eat yourself until you're stupidly full, that's kind of a bad habit and you just need to stop being stupid about it. It's, you know, we have some stupid ways of having fun sometimes and often it's just a single decision to stop doing that. But when you do certain things, when you didn't plan to do them, or in some instances you specifically promised yourself that you would not do that thing ever again and you still do it, that is just an unbelievably destructive and just depressing thing to experience. So with all of that said, first of all, I would like to talk about what I think could have led me down this path. Because really just looking back at my history, there was really no indication of any of this upon growing up. I mean, I never had any kind of behaviors as a kid or as a young adult in my late teens, which would have suggested that at one point I'm going to be dealing with this. Really, I think the only one thing that I could point to is my personality profile, which if I had to describe it in one word, it would be extreme. Like anybody who knows me will tell you this, that when I'm happy, I tend to be a bit over the top silly. When I'm sad, I tend to be extremely apathetic and borderline depressed. And for example, when I take up a new hobby, I tend to go 100% all out into that new hobby. To give you a silly example, I love singing. If you follow me on Instagram, you may have seen some clips where I'm singing some songs. And in my last year in high school, I read the biography of the legendary opera singer Pavarotti. And he said somewhere that he tries to minimize speaking in his day-to-day -day life because it strangles his voice and he wants to rest it for his performances. And I found that so inspiring that for a couple of months or maybe like one or two months, I basically just didn't speak. <laughs> I mean, really, I made it work in school and at home. I basically intermittent fasted my voice from like the early morning until the early afternoon. I didn't say a word and I made it work in school and at home. I didn't talk to my teachers and to my parents. And I said that I'm, I'm sick and I can't talk. And that's insane. <laughs> I mean, trust me, it sounds as ridiculous to me as it probably does to you. But that's me. When I have a passion for something or I get enthusiastic about something, I'm 100% all in. I think when you have a personality like that, it's tough to turn that off when you adopt another hobby. So when I got into fitness, it sort of naturally followed that once I had my first couple of workouts and I got sore and I liked that and I had my first ever protein shake that I slammed down in the dressing room, I liked the feeling so much that it was no question for me that when my classmates went to a trip to Italy and, I invite, and they invited me and asked me if I wanted to go, my response was no. I mean, I don't want to skip my training sessions. I just started with this. I like this. I'm not going to skip a week just now in the beginning of this awesome journey. And then, yeah, when I got into dieting, I was dieting hard when I dieted. And when I was off my diet, I was off my diet. And that whole binge eating thing was sort of a other ramification of this whole behavioral pattern. And 
yeah, when I'm talking about binge eating, I'm not talking about being 500 calories over or even 1,000 calories over. I mean, in my eyes, that's not even a binge. That's, uh, you know, you overshot your calories. But when I'm talking about the binges that I did, I'm talking about being 5,000 calories over, okay? So I don't know what the worst binge I had was in terms of numbers, but I easily put down over 12,000 calories in a given day and not even throughout the whole day. Often I did that in a matter of, matter of hours because I also did some intermittent fasting um, throughout that period. And speaking of intermittent fasting, I think another factor that reinforced the behavioral and psychological patterns that led me down that road eventually was these intermittent fasting protocols. And just to clarify, I'm not in any way suggesting that intermittent fasting causes a binge eating disorder. I mean, I know it fully well that for some people, IF is an amazing way to structure their day, to actually take their mind off of food and manage their appetite. For some people, it makes it a lot less likely that they would binge, for example. But I think, again, just because anytime I'm doing something, I tend to do it quite extremely. When I was doing IF, I immediately started with these 20-hour fasts. So I would go without food until 4 p.m. And then from 4 p.m. till 8 p.m., I would feast. And it's interesting because looking back, I can really see it clearly that I basically made myself super food-focused on purpose throughout that period. Because I was in college at the time and I really didn't feel like I belonged there. I wasn't really connected to what I was actually studying. I was an environmental science major. I wasn't also too connected with my classmates socially as much as I could have or should have. And my day-to-day -day life in college was just a dark period for me psychologically. I just didn't enjoy myself there and I really didn't feel like I belonged. And knowing that, okay, I'm going to starve myself a little bit throughout the day and I, I will have this feast in the evening, sort of served as a carrot in front of my face where I felt like, okay, I don't feel good here, but at least I have that one thing that I can look forward to at the end of the day. So I really think that didn't help my relationship with food at all. And I even knew it at the time that, well, this is, I'm kind of food focused and from noon onwards, I cannot think of anything else but my evening meals, but at least it kept me going throughout the day and it preserved my mental sanity when I was in college in some ways. Another thing which obviously didn't help me here was how I was eating my meals. Because really, when I sat down to eat my meals, it was a full-on celebratory ritual. I mean, I sat down, I busted out my podcast, I finally caught up on my YouTube subscriptions. And, you know, that's fine. You can make it work. I mean, as you know, probably I'm not a huge fan of not eating mindfully and doing all kinds of things while you're eating. If anything, it makes you more likely to overconsume a little bit. But really... In my mind, it just created this giant contrast that, okay, throughout the day, I'm just trying to get by and it's kind of dark and boring. But when I finally get to my meals, it's full on celebration time. And this in conjunction with the fact that I really just stopped having fun in any real way. I really didn't have a social life. I didn't go out. And really, I didn't have any source of hedonic pleasure other than my meals. I mean, I played some video games at night, but that was more of a mindless wind down routine sort of thing. But I really besides food, just didn't enjoy myself in a real expressed fun way. Basically, I live my life like this dog next door, which you might be hearing throughout this video. They're not being taken out for walks. They are living in their kennel, locked in all day. They are bored out of their minds. And their only fun is when they're finally being fed in the afternoon. And then they're going crazy and barking at their owners and they drive the entire street crazy. But yeah, that's the consequence of not having any fun in your life and deriving all of the pleasure from one activity, such as eating some tasty meals. And then I would also mention macro tracking. Now, again, I don't want to suggest in any way that macro tracking causes binge eating disorders, 
But in my case, again, it certainly didn't help the situation because macro tracking, and this is something I talked about countless times in other videos, so I'm not going to get into that too much. But macro tracking sort of forced me into this scarcity mindset where A, I really just couldn't let the thought of food go throughout my days because it was also always something that I had to keep in mind because I had to be mindful of the numbers. But also just knowing that, okay, if I go over my numbers in this meal, I will have less food to play with in my next meals. That sort of just forced me into this weird thinking pattern where I wanted to play this game where I really wanted to maximize the amount of enjoyment I could get out of my meals while staying within my caloric budget. So the first unplanned binge I had was, it was really weird. You know, I woke up, I believe it was a Saturday morning, and I just wanted to go about my regular day as I normally would. I had my eating routine pretty well ingrained at that point. And I remember just thinking, man, so I'm going to go through the same exact routine again. I'm going to eat my salad and lean protein for my first meal so I can save up a lot of calories for my later meals. And my day is going to be so freaking boring again. Because again, I just didn't do anything with my free time other than, you know, just working out, eating my meals and playing some video games. And of course, doing my duties, which at the time was studying for my college exams and whatever. And I said, you know what, just let's spice it up a little bit. So I went to the grocery store and instead of my regular food, I bought some bacon and eggs and things like that. So I had this higher fat, a bit higher calorie meal for my first meal. And that just tipped my mindset over in that moment for some reason, which doesn't make that much sense because it's not like I had a huge feast for my first meal. But I was like, man, I won't be able to have my huge feast at my last meal because now I used up more of my calories in this meal. And eventually I decided to go back to the grocery store and buy some more fun stuff, which included things like nuts and peanut butter. And at that time, if I bought peanut butter, that was basically me giving my stamp that, you know, I'm going to binge. I'll admit it. Let's get real here. So I bought some peanut butter and some more fun foods. And long story short, it ended up with me binging like crazy until late at night that day. And of course, the next day I was kind of baffled by what I just did. And I was frustrated and kind of disgusted by myself. But that weird adrenaline-like rush that I got when I went to the grocery store and started packing in the fun foods into my basket, that sort of lingered around. The memories of that lingered around. And it's hard to compare it to anything else. I don't know if you guys ever tried party drugs. Let's just call it what it is. I have. And, you know, when you're about to do something like that, you have this feeling of, damn, I'm about to do something really bad and my next day is going to be horrible and I'm going to feel like shit, but now I'm going to have a hell of a couple of hours. And it's true. The next day you feel like absolute dog shit, but you're feeling pretty good while you're on those things. And I had the same sort of adrenaline-like rush when I went to the grocery store and I knew that I'm about to go home and I'm going to have peanut butter and whatever else things I was eating. Peanut butter, by the way, is the perfect binge food if you think about it. I mean, if you were to be stuck on an island or something, that's what you would want to have with yourself because it has some protein, a lot of fat, some carbs. It's pretty well digestible. It doesn't make you feel sick. I mean, you could live off of that stuff for months probably. But anyway, that first binge was what got me hooked on this behavior for a while. And really, from that point onwards, for the next year, I would say, this is something that I would repeat now and then. And every once in a while, I would go as long between binges as two or three months because I had some successful cutting cycles that I had. But whenever I was left without a clear goal that would allow me to keep my eyes on the prize, 
I was just completely lost and these binge eating periods would repeat themselves again and again. And the worst part really came when at some point I told myself that I do not want to do this again. This is not the type of person that I want to be. This is feeding an element of my personality that I just don't want to feed. This is not who I am. This is incongruent with the person I want to become and the goals that I have. And still they would repeat themselves again and again. And that was a really, really tough place to be because, I mean, if you can't trust this guy yourself, then who can you rely on, really? Really, this was an absolutely debilitating spot to be in. And any time I would complete another cutting cycle and I would do a eight to 12 week cutting phase, I would promise myself that when I'm out of this, things will be different and I will never return to doing these destructive things again. But again, the culmination of all the factors that I mentioned before, the lack of social life, the lack of fun hobbies and things that would engage me with life, I would just gravitate back towards having fun in the one way that I learned to have fun over time. And again, as disruptive as it was physiologically, and of course, purely from a body composition improvement perspective, it's really, really bad because the amount of damage you can do in any given day is so bad that really just these reoccurring binge episodes can screw up your entire year and it can force you to spend the majority of your time in a deficit because especially the binges that I've done, again, they were not being over by a couple of hundred calories. No, I was over by a couple of thousand. I think the worst binge I've ever had was, I remember watching a podcast that Mike Matthews did with Mark Ripito and they were talking about strength versus aesthetics or something like that was the title of the podcast episode and I remember sitting there I was in my family house at the time and they didn't have anything at home which would have been a proper binge food but they have a lot of cheeses sausages and butter (laughs) and I was just putting down thousands of calories of that stuff while I was watching that podcast episode and I remember doing that and thinking in the meanwhile what the hell am I doing why am I doing this like I don't even enjoy this but it was just this weird compulsive thing that kept me going it was honestly, one of the worst periods of my life. So to derail this conversation to a slightly happier spot, what is it that eventually helped me to get out of this really destructive state? I talked about this before, so I'm not going to get into it. I recommend that you check that episode out. And it's also on my YouTube channel. It's called My Rapid Fat Loss Story. It's basically a story of how I met my girlfriend. (laughs) But really, what happened in that instance is I got a glimpse of how it's like to actually live life and be engaged with the world around you. Because really, I was living a half-life for a long time. I mean, I was not socializing. I was sitting at home a lot. I was just not in contact with the living around me, if you will. And really, from that point onwards, I started going out more. I socialized more. I started cultivating new relationships. I moved out of my comfort zone. I started living with a bit of anxiety because I always had something else to look forward to, which was a new challenge for me. I basically just diversified my happiness portfolio a little bit. My sources of enjoyment were not solely my training sessions and my food, but also things that I could do finally outside of these walls. And besides this, I also quit macro tracking. And that also meant that I started eating a lot more mindfully. Instead of making my meals this giant celebratory routine, I started focusing on my food, how it felt, how it satiated me. And really what that did in effect was reducing the act of eating to what it actually was, which of course your meals should be enjoyable and you should like the act of eating because your meals should be fun in some way. But it really primarily became about fueling my body while I also happened to enjoy the meals that I had. And really once I experienced how it's like to eat your food mindfully, binge eating and even overeating to a significant extent became something that almost felt like a weird idea. Because really at that point, I just became so in tune with my hunger and satiety signals and how much food I actually needed to not only feel full physically, but also to feel satisfied. 
It may sound weird, but eating became a completely different experience. And really these days, whenever someone is telling me about a binge eating issue, especially if it's something that developed sort of after they had been on their fitness journey and they had no issues with that beforehand at all, because of course eating disorders are a real thing and some people should seek professional help with that. But when someone is kind of like I was at the time, one of my first suggestions is as a non-medical professional is to just take a look at how you're living your life. I mean, are you engaged with the world around you? Are you doing other things? Are you engaged with the people around you? Are you challenging yourself? Are you having some actual things that can excite you in your day-to-day -day life? Or have you created for yourself an environment where food is on this weird pedestal where it's the main source of hedonic pleasure in your life? Because when you're in that state, it's really, really difficult to break free from a disruptive behavior like binge eating. So at this point, I'm happy to say that I've been free from this whole thing for a long time. And I think now I gave it my final blow with this bulking period because I've been really, really well fed in this past couple of months. And really, food is just becoming something that is more so a chore rather than something that I'm doing to medicate myself psychologically in any way. So I'm really happy to say that I'm out of this dark place. And if you're in this place yourself, just know that there is light at the end of that tunnel and you're not destined to having to deal with this for the rest of your life. For a long time, it really seemed for myself that there is nothing that can get me out of this. And I was almost contemplating seeking professional help, which I know can be a very big mental hurdle. And I still came out of this. So if you're in this state right now, don't give up and never cease to trust that you can get out of this. So that's my story with binge eating, how I got into it and how I managed to get out of this. I hope this was helpful in some way. Let me know if there are some parts which were a bit hazy or I didn't clarify them enough. All right, so once again, I hope you found this informative and useful. Just one request for the end. If you listen to this on iTunes, then please leave the Sustainable Self-Development Podcast a review. And if you were not aware of this, I'm, of course, also on YouTube. So if you manage to look me up there, then feel free to subscribe to the channel to be up to date on future content like this. And if you have the chance to do so, I would also love to hear what you thought. So feel free to comment and give your feedback, whatever it may be. So that's all I had to say for today. And with that, see you next time.